0: This episode is brought to you in part by our Major Spoilers VIP members around the world. Thank you for your support of Major Spoilers and the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you'd like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com and sign up today. Thank you in advance. This issue, Super Heroin Slugfest, Marvel Metatextuality, Zaki Cephalosaurus, Little Red Riding Schleicher, Axis Bold as Me, and Drops of Jupiter in Rodrigo's Hair. Whoa, yeah, we got the comics, the games, the movies, the shows. We got two issues to 600 and miles to go, but there's no time for sleep. Just too much to share, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. For
1: Welcome to issue 598 of the Major Spoilers podcast, all the way from Plague Central. I um, Yay. I think, Zach, you are about to lose your title <laughs> of ebola czar.
2: Well, so I, last I, week, I would like to keep no, my thing until you actually get tested.
1: But listen, you're supposed to be protecting everybody from all illnesses.
2: I thought it was and within just the ebola.
1: week, I am super sick and your wife got sick.
2: Yeah, but she's fine now. She didn't have anything oh. what you have.
1: Well... Being the good person that I am, yeah, not wanting uh-huh. to infect everyone else, I told everyone else to stay away from the Major Spoilers HQ this week so that they're not uh, not infected with the plague.
0: Well, I'd just like to point out that two of us are still healthy, which means 66% approval rating for Zach as Ebola's are. So, if we put it up for a vote and Rodrigo abstains... <laughs> I abstain. You see? Rodrigo always abstains. I don't know why he's such. a He's not
1: willing to make a commitment.
0: I don't even think it's that. I think he just doesn't want to get involved in our foolishness.
1: Speaking of a commitment, what's going on with all this Marvel teaser stuff? Have you guys seen these images that they've been running on the website for the last? I don't know, forever, bringing back uh, X-Men from 1992 and (laughs) days of future past and all that stuff.
0: Every single crossover of the last 20 years.
1: And then to top it all off, today, today they sent out one that said, this is the end with everything fading out. Very everything much like uh, very much like the um, Zero Hour event from DC Comics years ago.
0: You think they're going to do a Marvel Zero Hour?
1: Well, I don't know. I, I wonder if they're just planning a reboot or what they're doing.
0: Well, they're clearly planning on us expecting a reboot. Right. And I th- you know I think that it's really funny that people are already I actually had a long and involved conversation today on social media with somebody who was raging against this reboot and how dare they reboot and I'm like dude it's a teaser we for all we know this is talking about Kitty Pride getting a new power set or Colossus turning back into the juggernaut
2: everything ends
0: is literally the second vaguest thing you could say after something <laughs> fell
1: what when did well, something fall? Uh, Do Jonathan people know Hickman. about this? <laughs> Has this been out on the social media? My God, what does <laughs> this mean? What does this mean?
2: It means Cerebus broke his neck in 2004. That's what it means. Jonathan Hickman on Twitter today said he wanted to clear it up with everyone and just said everything it means uh, they're not going to renew his contract at Marvel. Oh, go I ahead. think he might. I think he might just be joking. Though.
0: That's actually funny, though.
2: Yeah, it's pretty
0: good.
1: What do you think? Any uh would you be okay with everybody rebooting? Well, I mean they they seem to reboot all the time. I mean, we've been talking for uh we've been talking for a while that I would be okay with Marvel stopping their ongoing and just creating a series of comics. This issue runs this series of Iron Man runs 12 issues and then mm-hmm. somebody else comes on board and writes six issues or 12 issues or whatever it is.
0: What we're really talking mm-hmm. about is a hard reboot because Marvel has been well, pretty much forever in a state of constant sort of nebulous reboot. I mean, yeah, you go sure. back to Hulk number one in 1961. Bruce Banner only changes in the dark. Mm-hmm. When it turns to night, he turns into the Hulk. And that sort of went away after about four issues. But it wasn't really addressed. It just sort of happened. I mean, Marvel works under the theory that nobody remembers what happened six issues ago. Well, the, the
3: Hulk is a great example because. Um, they were like, well, let's make the Hulk green. And then they were like, the Hulk has always been green. And they were like, no, the Hulk actually was gray back in the day. And these are all just things that just kind of slowly get changed up. Uh, another thing that uh, gets brought up every once in a while is uh, um, Mr. Fantastic and Ben Grimm
0: mm-hmm.
3: met during the war, right? World um, War II, yeah. And, and which war that is has progressively changed um, as as the time has uh, slid forward. I remember um, when when they did that other kind of weird reboot of uh, Heroes Reborn, they made a big point of saying that they met, I think,
0: during Desert Storm. Yeah, in the 90s. Yeah.
1: I forgot what I was going to say.
0: I remember what I was going to say. Which was? Rodrigo's point is even more important because, I mean, when you look at a hard reboot, Marvel's actually been toying with hard reboots too. I mean, if you look at what's been happening with the, say, the end of Avengers Volume Three, where Bendis walked off the book—well, not walked—where Bendis wrapped up his Bendisiness, and then we handed Avengers off to uh, Hickman, it's basically taking from point one I mean it's saying the Avengers existed they are Midas heroes blah 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 but there's no real reference to what happened in previous volumes it's like a brand new sort of universe and many of the characters that we see don't act the way they acted in previous issues like manifold like Shang-Chi not saying they're bad in Hickman's run I actually like them but it's basically here's a character we're going to put them in the role that we want and this volume is separate and distinct from all that's come before
1: I th- I think I I think I know what this latest teaser is, where everything comes to an end. I think that this might just actually be a teaser for um, Fantastic Forever. Fantastic Four. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's what I that's what I think it is.
0: Well, and the the prevailing, uh, i.e., screaming terrible uh, theories on the internet is that they're going to do a hard reboot and eliminate the X Men from continuity. Well, and just that's X something.
1: Sizes. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's mm-hmm. come up uh, again and again and again, mainly because of the. Uh, a uh, presumed pettiness between Marvel and uh, Fox over the X Men property and franchise, or specifically Although,
0: between Isaac Perlman and Fox. I mean,
1: yeah, but it's just like I don't know. Everybody wins, right?
0: Well, a rising tide raises all ships. But I mean, if it's kind of there is a bitterness. I mean, I, I worked in small town television when there were four stations, and three of those stations have since merged into one, so there are now two stations. But people who work at any of the three previous stations refer to the new one as inferior, but they also still hate the one that's still there. Yeah, there's. It's not necessarily so much pettiness as it is people get locked into a track. And I think that, yeah, if they reboot the Marvel Universe to eliminate the X-Men, I'd be irritated. But I don't think it would be the end of the Marvel Universe or even the end of me reading the Marvel Universe. They could do a shattered image and move the X Men to their own unique universe. Yeah, and I, have honestly, it. I, I
3: think that would be fantastic. I think they should have done that to begin with. <laughs> the X Men make a lot more sense in a world, in a world, in a world where there aren't other sources of superhuman power. Oh
1: yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Because and um, where there
0: aren't Captain America, because yeah. are media darlings,
1: right? Yeah,
0: I mean, if you look at Jean Grey and you look at the Thing who's the big monster. Right. If I'm supposed to point at the hot redhead and say, she's a terrible monster. And Ben Grimm's a perfect hero. Yeah, it does. It muddies their narrative.
1: Well, it's something to, uh, to think about. Yep. Do you think there, what do you think about all these, uh, years of future past and, um, age of Marvel zombies and all of that <laughs> stuff. We kind of touched on it. What is it, a couple weeks ago on dueling reviews, yeah. but any other thoughts from other people?
2: I think they're uh, right. it's, I mean it's kind of lost on me because i haven't been around for very many events so the whole bringing back of past storylines and mixing them with other past storylines uh is certainly i think for either someone who's been around for a while or has actually taken the time uh and gone back and read all the previous marvel stuff
1: rodrigo
0: oh i think they're cute i like them (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I do want to see a new Secret Wars. I want to see the Secret Wars. Well, that, done that, has,
1: been, that has been confirmed that they are doing a new Secret Wars. That's a tie-in with Hasbro uh, yeah. for a new toy line. So look for new action figures and those kinds of things coming out in 2015. So that that's definitely, we know what it's about. But nice. X-Men 92 or whatever it's called. I mean, what did they do a few years ago? Didn't they bring the X-Men from uh, 1967 or whatever it was up into the present well, day?
0: not from 67. The X-Men of the past. Oh, okay. Who, you know, in Marvel universe time, were ten, five, 10, five, seven, 10. Maybe that's
1: ago. what that is. Who knows?
0: Yeah, but it's the same thing. I mean, well, here's the thing.
1: If this turns out to be a giant, what if man, there are going to be people that will riot in the streets because Marvel has claimed up and down that this is not a what if series.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: Marvel has made many claims in the past. Marvel claimed that yes. Peter Parker would never be back and that Dr. Octopus was forever.
1: The I, Batman. I just, yeah, it's just, I, I wish they wouldn't stand behind a lie. There's ways to skirt around a question without coming out and saying, oh, no, Peter Parker's dead and he's never coming back. Um, the
0: Benedict Cumberbatch theory.
1: That is that's a lot. different. Yes, that's a lot different. Well, and you saw what happened with that. Um, yeah,
0: that the movie made billions of dollars, even though it sucked.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there were a lot of uh, very upset fans uh, about that. Uh, maybe oh, not Zack because he's never had any reference to uh, who is Ricardo Maltelbon.
0: And I think Zack may be the target audience. I mean, they may be trying to catch young, hip dudes who haven't read comics, who don't know what Secret Wars is, who don't care that Age of Ultron was three years ago. And now they're going to do it again. These are these are you know people that you can bring in who've been watching these Marvel movies and watching the DC TV shows who may be dragged screaming into our Frassum thing.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all, we'll find out. I'm sure they're going to announce it by the end of this year because solicitations for spring will be coming up very soon. Speaking of young hip dudes, Matthew, our very own Jason Inman is up for that. uh, No. Damn it. Uh, Our very own Jason Inman, who's a very talented, talented person. I love everything that he does for major spoilers. Um, He entered the contest to help them find a new co host for the DC All Access with that uh, wonderfully talented and beautiful Tiffany Smith. Um, mm-hmm. he's one of the finalists
4: whoop, whoop. Jason. Whoop, whoop. Yeah.
1: So, uh, circulated around on the, uh, Facebooks and on Twitter, uh, out to DC all access that you want to see oh, yeah. G- Jason hired. Now, I think it was, was it today or yesterday, Zach, that uh, Jason was featured on the DC website.
2: I believe That's it true. was yesterday.
1: Okay. So everybody needs to go over there and just fill up the comment section about hire Jason, hire Jason, hire Jason. I would love for him to get it. He would, he is perfect for this co-host position. I I think he would do a super wonderful job. Now, the only thing that may happen and he's, he he and I were talking last night about how he's never leaving major spoilers and all these good things. Um, but my guess is that if he does get this job, he won't be working for major spoilers anymore because I'm sure there's some kind of a blog. uh, Well, but you know, the funny thing is Tiffany Smith does a lot of stuff where she's working for, not necessarily Marvel, but she ends up interviewing a lot of uh, Marvel movie stuff. Um, but my guess is he would be kind of prohibited from uh, doing stuff with major spoilers in the future, which would be fine. I mean, I, I love his stuff. He would be greatly missed on the site, but this would be a great career move and opportunity for him. And I want all of our major spoilerites out there in major spoilerite land to, uh, to back Jason and, and try to support him as much as you possibly can.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um, Do it a- Let's see. Everybody voted today, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. So yep. let's. Why don't we? Um, hmm, why don't we just jump into the major spoilers poll of the week since we're talking oh, about voting?
0: All the week.
1: So uh, last I week I wrote a song. You did. Uh, last week it was announced that well, it was two weeks ago. No, last week. I forget what it was. What last it was. week. Last, it week was last week. Marvel announced their big lineup of movies, and uh, one of those movies was Captain Marvel. We know that DC Comics has a Wonder Woman movie coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson, the star of the uh, very popular uh, Redshirt Diaries up on the YouTube, go check mm-hmm. it out. They're right now kicking off their uh, Indiegogo campaign for season two. You do want to get in on that action. Yeah, she yeah. sent me an email and said, hey, Stephen, I'd be very interested to see what everyone thinks or what m- what character or what movie people are more interested in seeing Wonder Woman movie or the Captain Marvel movie.
0: Mm, oh, God, that's tough.
1: Rodrigo, let's start with you.
3: Okay. Uh, well, uh, here's here's my rationale for my choice. Um, I'm very interested to see which direction they take uh, the Captain Marvel movie, but um, Marvel right now is coasting pretty well, and assuming that they don't massively screw up their next three to four movies... Um, the Captain Marvel movie is going to arrive with a fair amount of hype and with a fair amount of goodwill Um, so because of that I'm much more interested to see how Wonder Woman goes and that's because right now DC is swimming against the tide uh, and I guess uh, Warner Brothers is kind of swimming against the tide in a lot of ways Um, they're they're trying to catch that superhero movie wave but it seems like they're just weirdly fighting it at every turn yeah. So, <laughs> I'm very interested to see how the Wonder Woman movie shapes up. Um, and, and that's partially because I haven't seen uh, the two movies that are going to go before it, right? right. It's going to be right. a Batman, Superman, and then Justice League, and then Wonder Woman.
1: Right, correct.
3: So, we're going to get that at the tail or, or, or after two other movies that will feature the character.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so, would... I'm very interested to see how all that shapes up, just because right now those are all. Huge unknowns.
1: Yeah, I think it's really weird. If you go back to that Warner Brothers press release where they were announcing uh, the movies in Justice League Part One, they mentioned Henry Cavill and Amy Adams and uh, um, Ben Affleck Affleck. as reprising their roles, but Gal Gadot was not, or Gal Gadot was not mentioned in that Mm -hmm. tag, which I thought was really, really weird. Now,
2: yeah, it seemed like a really weird either misstep or. A purposeful leaving out because she's not in it.
1: Yeah, that would be really weird.
2: Yeah, they've said she's in it, though. Yeah, but
0: they didn't reference her. I'm wondering if maybe it was just the phrasing of she's not necessarily reprising a role. We haven't seen her in yeah, yet. that.
1: That could be it. That could be it.
0: Yeah, but we haven't seen so. Affleck as Batman either. Sure we have. They sent us that picture of him standing uh, we've Sadly, seen pictures in the
1: rain. Of, we've seen pictures of Gal Gadot uh, as mm-hmm. well in her Wonder Woman get-up. You know, there's some interesting rumors that I've heard. In, and, you know, uh, like you, Rodrigo, I'm, I'm interested in seeing the Wonder Woman movie because of the rumors that I've heard. Now, the rumors, if you want to believe rumors, um, have that there are going to be three movies, the first one starting in the 1920s, the next one during World War II, and then the third one in modern times. Mm -hmm. which would be cool if they could do that. Although I'd prefer to just see wonder woman set in world war two, where she's fighting Nazis, Mm -hmm. but because there's, there is a lot of risk for Warner brothers right now. Um, and because I know that Marvel seems to be doing things right. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. more interested in seeing captain Marvel. So that's, that's who I voted for captain Marvel. Zach, what Mm -hmm. about you?
2: Uh, I'm going to go, I mean, I see the both sides of Rodrigo's statement and your statement, Steven, is that Marvel's doing a lot of things well, so it goes to bet that Captain Marvel's going to be pretty good. It's going to probably fall in the same line of all the rest of Marvel movies, which have been, I would say, above-average movies. Yes. Each year they've, they've came out, yes. uh, which w- which is a solid bet. But I'm also with Rodrigo. I kind of want to see what happens with Wonder Woman because I think it's going to set a really big precedent for a, like if more female-led movies come out. And how each of these studios handle them, and I'm more interested to see what Warner Brothers does to keep uh, either the dark grunge of all the movies going yeah, yeah, yeah. in Wonder Woman, or if they lighten up all the movies, and then we see a different kind of Wonder Woman than we kind of saw of uh, Superman and Man of Steel. Uh, so I'm I'm going with Wonder Woman. I'm I'm just I, like I know what Marvel's going to give us essentially in tone. And kind of a theme and stuff. And so, but I just don't know what Warner brothers is ever thinking. So I'm
1: going to go wonder woman. If we knew for sure that that wonder woman movie was set at a different time, uh, if we knew what time period it was set, I'd be probably more committed to going with wonder woman, but you're right. I know what I'm getting with uh, captain Marvel, Matthew. uh, What are your thoughts on all of this?
0: I I agree with all of you. And I, I have one additional caveat that made my choice. I love brunettes. no, that's not that's not the deciding factor. That's sexist and stupid, and I apologize for the inconvenience. No. Not only do I know what to expect. Stop giving me the finger, wife. You're a brunette. Not only do I know what to expect from a Captain Marvel movie from the perspective of Marvel comics, Captain Marvel is not really a highly... Known property amongst right, right, the right. general public. People aren't going to come into a Captain Marvel movie with an expectation of Linda Carter or Shannon Farnham from Super Friends or whatever may be attached to your Wonder Woman we've seen in the past. People are going to come to a Wonder Woman. Even, you know, my grandmother, uh, rest, may she rest in peace, would walk into a Wonder Woman movie with kind of an expectation of how Wonder Woman acts. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we get a dark and gritty, broody, you know, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns chopping off heads, Wonder Woman, that may clash with people's expectation of what the character has been since
1: 1941. So you, you you made a good point there, Matthew, because you know, uh, older generations Mm -hmm. have been aware of Wonder Woman for a really long time. There's a good chance that, um, if Matthew and i had grandparents that were alive um mm-hmm. that they would have read wonder woman when they were kids or teenagers uh,
0: if i if i had parents who were alive i can tell you my mother did read wonder woman comics when she was Yeah a kid.
1: so there's a greater than likely chance that with a wonder woman movie you're mm-hmm. going to get a m- much broader audience going to that whereas mm-hmm. um this past weekend my my parents were out um well, I was crashed in the bed, uh, but my parents were out uh, hanging out and taking care of the kids. And um, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy commercial that ran and Mason was just going crazy about it. And my mom was like, oh, is is that a, a good movie? I just we just didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. But if it was Superman or Wonder Woman, I bet they would have a, a, a different uh, tone.
0: Yeah, I think people are going to go into a Wonder Woman movie with expectations. So, Whereas a uh, Captain Marvel movie, you're going to go in going, "Ooh, another Marvel movie.
1: Let's see. uh, Dr. Dinosaur says, I trust the Marvel writers, but despite their high standards of quality, they failed in the past. Um, Let's see. So while Captain Marvel probably will be great, it could also land in the bland or disastrous side. Wonder Woman, the movie cannot be bland. Put simply, there will be either blood or glory. Hercules in New York or Gladiator. I guess that's what he's comparing it to.
0: (laughs) Wait, which which is the wind? I
1: don't know. That one's tough. (laughs) Rob says, I feel like I know what I'm going to get with Captain Marvel, a quality product, but not necessarily anything really new. Whereas Wonder Woman could be something really special. Uh, Cody says, I went with Captain Marvel because I trust Marvel Marvel more than DC right now. Uh, I don't think that DC would make the mythological take on Wonder Woman I would want to see. So, yeah, there's some uh, good answers over there at the Major Spoilers website. You can uh, Mm -hmm. use the comment section, of course, and and, uh, share your thoughts. But Matthew, right now in the voting, where does this all stand?
2: This
0: is fascinating because I've been watching this one all day. I've been sitting at my polling booth here at Stately Spoilers Manor East. (laughs) 231 votes. When I sat down this morning, less than 30 votes in, it was 51 to 49. And when I went out at at 100 votes, it was 51 to 49.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably going to stay that way. Usually about 100. That's where we see it. Two hundred
0: thirty-one uh, votes. It's 51 to 49, 51 percent looking forward more to Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. a dead heat with Captain Marvel. So the next governor of Kansas, <laughs> Princess Diana of Themyscira, <laughs> uh, we yeah, go now the, to Themyscira for a. Uh, that
1: is the funny thing with the uh, the different races. They're like, oh, it's like 49 to 51 plus or minus two percent. At so, least our at yeah, least our <laughs> poll results are accurate. Anything. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh well, I I say that there are ways to get around the polling system, but I won't say that because someone will write it down and use it next year in the major spoilers costume contest when we vote for a winner. <gasps> and this year's yeah. winner, holy crap, what a costume. Oh the my Adat one. Yeah, really good. And I think a lot of people were surprised that there was a, a female cosplayer in there. And I purposefully when I was putting that one up, made sure not to reference that this was a girl or a guy in any of the um uh publicity that i was doing on different podcasts and such because i didn't want anybody to go in with some kind of preconceived notion whereas you look at brainiac and you're like well that's a dude or you look Mm -hmm. at uh, lady stoneheart and you're like well that's that's a that's a girl um but man what a great costume and congratulations to samantha who who won this year um just phenomenal phenomenal work
2: yeah it was it was super good i mean uh especially when you did the interview with her you kind of got to see her cardboard work and mm-hmm. how what she did to put all together, which is really interesting. Uh, I would really want to see a picture of her inside of it. Cause I, I noticed her legs now, but yes. I just don't like her body bent over, has to be controlling the front legs and then her head, I think is in the, the head part. Yes. And that's what I just, that's what I'm confused about. Yeah, Cause about. she's using, so you I see wants it. To know how you wear
4: it.
1: Well, yeah. yeah in one of those pictures <laughs> you see, she's got the dowels for the, uh, the front legs. Right. And if you've ever seen, maybe you haven't seen Zach. Have you ever seen uh, the Dark Crystal movie?
2: No,
1: I haven't. <laughs> you haven't? I haven't. Ah. No, it's Sexy. one of
2: it's one of Aubrey's dad's favorites. OK, but well, we we'll... all hate it. So he, he, we've never watched
1: it. Altogether. OK, well, we will we will watch it on some uh, future bonus tracks if we haven't already done that. Um, but the cool thing is the uh, the running rabbit things that the uh, that they ride on. Um, are basically the same design where the puppeteers or the uh, performers actually have these stilts that they're wearing on their hands, and that's how they can move around with, with in a sense, four legs, and that's what she's done with this ad-ad. At, uh, and mm-hmm. it's it's really great, but I agree with you, man. Having to wear that for any length of time and walking around bent over like that had to oh, be yes. completely kind of... uncomfortable, and that is probably uh, another reason why uh, she was crowned champion <laughs> of 2014. <laughs> Uh, let's see Um, apologize again this week for me being sick Uh, throws some things off why don't we get to some reviews Uh, I think the one positive thing about being sick is my voice goes super bassy
2: yeah you're all about that bass
0: all right
1: Um, this week
0: who's the bald super cat who runs the show at spoilers at shaft shut your mouth
1: So this week I picked up a brand new book from, um, boom studios. It's fairy quest outcast. Number one, this is by Paul Jenkins and Humberto Ramos. And I think people here on the show know that I'm a big fan of, uh, Humberto Ramos's art. So that Mm -hmm. was certainly a big uh, draw. I did not read the first fairy quest book, but essentially, um, it's very much like what you would expect in people's takes on fairy tales these days, where all these fairy tales interact and live in the same world. But, um, Excuse me, in the case of Fairy Quest, um, Mr. Grimm needs to make sure that everybody is following orders directly. They have to follow their stories exactly or it introduces chaos into the world. And so I don't know what happened in the first volume. The second volume picks up with Red, which is essentially Red Riding Hood and Wolf, who is her dog, which is the big bad wolf, who have actually broken uh, their story and are going off to find something. And, of course, they've got the, uh, I forget what they are, the story police? What are they called? Um, The Think Police. No, the think police are after them because there's nothing good comes from free thought, uh, according to Mr. Grimm, who's in charge of this world. And they run into some different fairy tales that are trying to stay on their story, and it gets a little creepy, especially with uh, Rapunzel. The one that I like best, though, is when they have to cross the bridge and they meet up with a bridge troll and they don't get eaten. Um, But when Mr. Grimm comes up to try to cross the bridge, the troll stays on his story and refuses to let them pass, which was just a great moment in the entire book. Probably the highlight of the book. Um, The art by Humberto Ramos is fantastic. I love it immensely. It is, it is just, I don't know, you know, uh, some of you don't like Humberto Ramos art because it gets really wacky and cartoony. I think in this setting, I think it works really, really well. Um, the colors are fantastic. This is a Kickstarter campaign that was, uh, completely funded. Uh, I want to say like maybe six months ago. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah. So this is now uh, seeing print and I think it's worth checking out this week. I'm giving it three and a half slices of meatloaf. I guess the only thing that brings it down for the most part for me is when fables came along, Mm -hmm. it pretty much ruined anybody's other chance on doing a modern take on fairy tales. I mean, I can't even watch that uh, Once Upon a Time show because to me it feels like it's a Fables ripoff. Uh, Fairy Quest kind of feels that same way, even though they're not set in the modern world. They're still set in, in uh, Fablewood. Just that kind of gnawing at the back of my head kind of lessens the experience for me. But still a great book. Go check it out this week. Uh, Fairy Quest Outcast Number 1, Three and a Half Slices of Meatloaf. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, yeah, sweet, sweet. Um gingerbread does play a role in this issue, so there you go. Uh Axis Revolutions number one, Matthew, uh, yes. is out from Marvel Comics this week. Yes. Or last and week, I'm sorry.
0: Last week. It was out last Wednesday, yeah. Here's the thing about current Marvel event books. You have a what I call the spine of the thing, which in this case is the Axis Avengers versus X-Men or X-Men Avengers, whatever it is titled. Right, right, right. And then you have the ancillary books, which do what you used to have in the middle of the story where there'd be like a two-page interval where the wasp is kissing on Magneto and then she gets mad and destroys all the X-Men, which by the way, that actually happened on panel in secret wars. Go back and read it. It's that impressive. Uh, Axis revolutions. Number one features two stories. And the basis of axis is you guys may not remember this, but when professor Charles Xavier was murdered by Cyclops back in Avengers versus X-Men, His brain was stolen, much like Spock's was in the season three of Star Trek. But um, his brain was stolen by the Red Skull, and the Red Skull has grafted Professor Xavier's brain to his head. And (laughs) because—
1: This is just asking.
0: (laughs) Oh, it gets better. Do you remember when Professor Xavier went evil in 1995 and became the big armored goon called Onslaught?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Well, <laughs> that has also happened to Herr Schmidt, the Red Skull, and he is now the Red Onslaught, who, by the way, I think uh, wrestled Alexander Rusev to a draw last week.
1: So, if Rosie Greer shows up in this, then I will definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. The definitely. Red Skull
0: is in fact played by Ray Milland.
1: So, <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: but Axe's Revolutions I mean, is the story of, is that um,
3: it's like calling him the Red Onslaught? Just it's just like really terrible, because Onslaught was red. It (laughs) doesn't even mean anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's literally just an adjective and an aggregate noun, which, you know, now that I mention it, may be many of the villains in the Marvel Universe, but he's broadcasting, using his Professor Xavier brain, hatred around the world. And everybody's fighting with everybody. And the first half of the issue is Spider-Man, as drawn by someone who doesn't draw the webs on Spider-Man, so I'm not at all bitter about that, dealing with angry people throughout New York. And it's about 12 pages of Peter Parker showing why he is the consummate, quintessential nice guy, convincing people to stop hating and yelling and screeching at each other, uh, convincing people to give someone else a chance. The art is really sketchy. And as I said, most of the time, Spider-Man does not have his webs drawn on, and I don't know if that's an intentional decision or if that's something in the the, the production of the book. I don't know. But at the end of the the story, he gets attacked by Jonah Jameson with a golf club and picks up Jonah, and he looks like he's ready to punch him in the head. And no, Spider-Man does not give in to his baser nature. And that's the whole schmagee. The second half of the story is hilarious. Uh, It's the story of Doctor Strange trying to find a magical uh, restraint. But unlike Spider-Man, Doctor Strange is not a nice man. Doctor Strange, if you remember his backstory, is kind of a jack wagon. So he's yelling at Wong and abusing everybody and yelling at (laughs) Hoggoth. He calls down the eye of Agamotto and starts yelling at Agamotto for being a judgy McHolier than thou. It's a terrible idea, by the way, Agamotto is this. uh, Skip it.
1: We'll find out in the movie.
0: Yeah, throughout the whole thing, he's trying to find someone who will help him. He wants someone rational, who won't be filled with hate, to try and help him create a spell. So he goes to his friend at the college, and when he says he's going a spell, all of the college professors chase him out, calling him a superstitious freak. And then, of course, he goes and finds a nice old lady and wants to use her niceness. But, of course, she looks at Wong, and she, it turns out that she's a racist. Oh, man. And everybody chases him from the hospital, screaming yellow peril. It's a little offensive, but kind of funny. And throughout the whole issue, the only person who keeps their cool is Wong. And we get to the end of the because issue.
1: Wong is always right.
0: Right. Two Wongs don't make a white, Stephen. Oh. But you, you guys said end- Wong. <laughs> Yes. Yes, I see. Oh,
1: dang, we're we're throwing in our nineteen seventies references.
0: Don't explain the joke. See, Wong uh, is Doctor Strange's major domo and assistant. He's <laughs> a, major he's, Domo.
4: That's a real word, Zach. He's just
1: screwing with us now. He's taking advantage of the fact that he's clear across town and see, I can't reach over and <laughs> slap no him. One
0: can smack him in the head. But the Doctor Strange story has a really Really sick black humor, funny end that I don't want to spoiler for you. If you do check it out, it is funny, but it's not funny enough to justify spending four dollars on the comic for me. Okay, yeah, and that's that's the thing about these books is when you buy seven issues of Axis and four issues of Axis Revolutions and three issues of Axis Body Spray and five issues of Axis Bolts of Love and three issues of Axis Axis Axes. It just makes you sad, and you've spent like $300 to get the whole story, and really, if you read that basic spine of the story, you don't lose anything by not reading Revolutions. So, yeah, it's it's a cool story. If you're completely in love with Spider-Man and or Doctor Strange, you can check it out. Two and a half slices of meatloaf, for me, kind of just evens out. It It's a book that happened, and it isn't terrible.
1: All right, keep that... Uh closing thoughts that you had in there in mind because next week i want to talk about that dc convergence announcement as we find some more information out about it so yeah boy uh rodrigo i uh read fairy tale outcasts you read outcasts of jupiter
3: i did outcasts of jupiter number one uh this is an independent title um and uh it is really pretty um the, the is really excellent. The character design is really cool. Um, the, uh, artist is Shoff Coker, uh, writer is Shobo Coker. So I think it's
1: a, I think, uh, sibling team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, so, uh, this is the story of a group of super cool mercenaries doing super cool mercenary things. Um, but, uh, it's set in the future. Um, and I think we're either in Morocco or in like new Morocco uh, or something like that. It's very, like, it's all very cool. It looks very different from most of the things that we're seeing coming out of comics nowadays, you know, uh, mostly kind of, uh, American or European based. This has very like Northern African influences. Definitely. Um, story wise, the story's a little easy. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but, uh, it's like uh, a bunch of cool guys break into a prison and then they kind of get caught and then they're like, Hey, how about we go get something else for you with their prison man? And then you'll let our friend out. And he's like, okay, like it, it just, it all seemed like a little too easy there at the end where the guy's like, all right, random band of mercenaries. Um, I'll, I'll allow you to do this. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot more uh, that seems to be uh, behind the scenes. I'm kind of looking forward to, uh, to to how it all shakes down. Um, it's it's worth picking up just for the art. Honestly, yeah. the character design is really really awesome. And um, there's like a panther in it, and there's cool ships. A lot of the time. Uh, you know, you can see people's strengths and weaknesses in their art. Uh, like somebody who is good at like drawing laws of aliens will be like, oh, and here's a spaceship, and it doesn't it doesn't look very good, or you know, it's like it's very simple. But uh, both the design of like the alien creatures and the, the the clothes that everybody wears and the ships and everything else is like it's really it looks really complete. It looks really well thought out. Um, so again it's it's kind of worth picking up just on the art and uh, there's really nothing wrong or, or problematic with the issue itself other than you know everybody just everybody just kind of kind of agrees to go on an awesome adventure uh, and I'd like to see a little bit more motivation behind that, but it might be something that gets uh, covered a little bit more later. Um, I give this definitely, three and a half slices of meatloaf uh, with a lot of room to uh, gain more as the series progresses.
1: Now, this was also a Kickstarter campaign uh, that uh, succeeded, uh, basically doubled what they were looking for. One of the things I'd be interested in you checking out since you like the, uh, the art so much, I don't know if it's embedded in the, uh, in the digital review copy that we have, but there's also a lot of augmented reality stuff in the comics. So if you've got an AR reader of some type, Rodrigo, you might try pointing it at some of the pages and see if oh, okay. some of those characters come to life. Ooh. So there you go. Uh, three and a half. Good job, Rodrigo. Um, Zach. Yes. You know, we haven't heard enough stories about, uh, people and their dinosaur pet friends.
2: No. Have, have, I mean, is it even possible to ever hit a quota of that?
1: Well, you know what they I say? So. Dinosaur cell as do apes and, um, what else? Green, green. green covers. Yep, there you go.
0: Dinosaur
2: Cell? I didn't know that was one of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't one of the official Mort Weisinger rules, but it was definitely a rule.
2: Oh, well, in Terrible Lizard Number 1, there is most certainly a dinosaur on the cover. Uh, this book is by Colin Bunn, who wrote uh, and is currently writing the Sixth Gun series for Oni Press. And then Drew Moss and Ryan Hill and Crank! Crank is doing the lettering. I can always, you can always tell it was like doing the lettering because it's always some like weird company name sometimes. Yeah, yeah. If you ever see Crank with an exclamation point at the end, uh, that to- like, that's the letterer. Anyways, so in Terrible Lizard number one, we are introduced to Jess, whose full name is Jessica, but her friends call her Jess. Funny story. She doesn't have any friends. So I think she just calls herself Jess. And we are living, uh, I feel like sometime in the future, possibly maybe. Uh, in in this story and jess lives in some kind of interesting uh like, like science experiment compound and uh, she's kind of bored there's no f- there's no families with kids there she's all by herself so she goes scooting 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 down her on her skateboard and runs into her dad and her dad's this big science guy uh and he's doing experiments that she doesn't really know about. She's, uh, she just has some, they were called something weird. She doesn't really know what I'm about, but she stumbles upon it. And so she gets to watch it. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of running through the whole issue at this point, because uh, uh I mean, I'll leave a few things out, but it's pretty clear from the cover that a dinosaur comes into this book and Jess is writing on said dinosaur. Uh So, uh, Dad's experiments are all about time and space and coming together and going in the past and bringing it to the future and throwing a monkey into space. Uh, but <laughs> the experiment results in a Tyrannosaurus Rex coming into the the uh, the laboratory space and wrecks everything uh, because the army guys are like because pew, 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 we shoot things that we don't like in in the army. Uh, but I mean, she like the whole book is setting up the story. Of Jess. Uh, uh, the dinosaur imprinted on Jess. When it first came in. And now they are going to be best buddies for life. Uh, is what we're left with. At the end of this story. Uh, it, it's it's interesting. You don't really get. Uh, much of the. Character development. In the first issue. It's really just setting up the story. To I mean which is kind of good. But you really like. If. Uh, you see a comic with like on the cover, and there's a girl riding a dinosaur. You'd be like, "Oh, so I think a girl is riding a dinosaur," and we don't even like really start there. We we just spend the whole first issue getting to that point. Um, and it, like, I I enjoyed this to a point that uh, uh, I thought maybe more would happen. I guess I think maybe I came with my expectations too high. Of, uh, let's just get right into an adventure. Let's not just set it up because, um, even. With where things leave off, uh, uh, m- m- something else happened in this experiment um but character wise, it seems kind of shallow at the moment, but uh big creature wise, it seems like it has room to expand, and hopefully the monsters fight mm-hmm. uh um but we're not really given indica- any indication of where the story is 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 going. At the end, um, like if they're going to go on fun adventures, if it's going to be um, space adventures, I doubt it's going to be space. I don't know why I keep going to space um, or, 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 or what really is going to be coming in the future issues of terrible lizard. I will say this. I like the art. I really like uh, the way the dinosaur looks in the very last page where we get in the, an indication of the experiment by just dad has brought more into the world or at least changed something. I'm not really sure. Uh, again, very good ending page. Um, and the preview of the next issue, uh, m- my, I, I'm maybe I came into this thinking this would be more of a humor book where this cute girl and her dinosaur go on these, on these, uh, willy nilly adventures and have a little good time, but maybe it's just a, like a monster smash book. And, uh, maybe I just came with the wrong expectation, but, uh, I, w- I would be really willing to pick up issue two just to see uh or colon goes with this because i mean i've read we've read his stuff on the sixth gun on the show before Mm -hmm. and i've read a few issues by myself and i I think he writes good stuff and this is totally a completely different departure from uh, uh the sixth gun coming into dinosaurs and uh little girls and stuff uh so i'm willing to give another shot at this issue it wasn't the best first issue for me but i thought there was some good there and the art was really nice uh so i'm gonna give this two and a half slices of meatloaf
1: Okay, and you're hoping that uh, Cullen Bunn's Terrible Lizard doesn't exceed its reach in the future? Uh, That's a dinosaur short arms reference.
2: Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm glad you explained it, because I was just going to say something. I don't know. Like, oh, you sure, you know, that would be a problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tweaked Audio. We want to thank them for sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers ca- uh, podcast. You want some good headphones. You want to hear everything uh, really good. You want to hear the wheezing deep down in my chest. You want to get yourself a pair of tweaked audio headphones. So many different styles, so many different colors. Great sound. I use them all the time. I don't leave the house without bringing a pair with me. Best part about it is tweakedaudio.com. When you use the checkout code MAJOR, you get 33% off the price. That's a good deal, and we thank Tweaked Audio for sponsoring this episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Um, let's see. Oh, we've got some emails this week. I guess before we get into that, Rodrigo, how you doing? You were gone last week. People were concerned. Oh, I'm fine. People, people I thought was... I fired you.
3: Oh, no. Um, at least uh, if you did, you didn't tell me. Um, <laughs> so no, I didn't, I didn't get a pink slip. Uh, I, yeah, so basically what happened last week is I was planning on being on the show... And I was working at my real-world job, and I was going out for interviews, and we got this call of this interview that we had been trying to get for a long time. And it was happening that day, and we basically had to go do it. And that was, like, basically um, in one, like, literally in one of the corners of Kansas. Kansas is shaped like a square that somebody took a bite out of, and I was hanging out in the bite. So... By the time the interview was over and I was driving back, I wasn't even halfway there and like the show was going to start in like an hour or something. So I called Steve and I was like, well, um, you know, still like four hours, like three hours out from my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget actually getting to, to where you are. So.
1: Did you at least get a stop at the new Ikea while you were up there in the Kansas City area?
3: Uh, actually, I wasn't in the Kansas City area. I was north of Kansas City. Oh,
1: so City. like Independence?
3: I was I was in Wathena, Kansas. Oh, hey, you know I
1: used to uh, race cross country and track up there all the time.
3: Yeah, I mean, like seriously, um, where I was, if you go any direction but west, you will leave Kansas within twenty minutes. Yeah, north is like you can go north to Missouri, south to Missouri, or east to Missouri.
1: Yeah, Kansas is a funny state. (laughs) Ha ha (laughs) ha. For so many reasons, it's a funny state. Just geographically, it's crazy. I think Oklahoma is kind of the same way when you think about it. It's like, depending on which region of the state you're in, uh, you're in a whole other country. I guess Texas is the same way.
3: Yeah, the the thing that I... I, Nebraska is always boring, though. I think a lot of of Americans, especially in the Midwest, realize this. But I think people in the East Coast and definitely people who aren't from the United States might not realize it's just how gigantic some of these states are yeah like Kansas is huge like the the Kansas is you can like Kansas is gigantic and you can fit like three Kansases in Texas, mm-hmm. and like Texas is literally the size of Western Europe like <laughs> yeah like Spain and Portugal and probably a chunk of France fit in Texas,
1: yeah, I was just trying to look up I was thinking about this the other day because someone couldn't believe that it would take you know like three and a half hours. To drive to uh, to Kansas City or four hours, yeah. I guess depending yeah, on who's driving, the total four. area the total uh, area in square miles of the state of Kansas is just over eighty two thousand square miles yeah the square mileage of Great Britain is and this is all of Great Britain is at eighty eight thousand square miles
3: yeah, that's what i 'm saying like these these places are enormous, and you know people talk about Um, you know, people that are driving through, if you get on I-70, if you're going from, you know, Ohio to the West coast and you're on I-70, um, you will drive through Kansas and it will take you seven hours. Yeah. It is a long, long haul through Kansas and you'll be doing 80 miles an hour and there will always be more Kansas.
1: Yep. (laughs) I just, I just can't Mm -hmm. believe that that's, we are so close to the size of, you could put all of Great Britain inside of Kansas and just have another,
0: are you from the Colorado border?
1: Five hours. Uh, We're five hours either way. Five, five hours, hours to Kansas. Or no, I'm sorry. Five three hours. hours to Denver. Five hours to Denver. Three hours to the border. Two and a half. And
0: I'm an hour from Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas. and you guys are still four hours from me.
1: Yeah, uh, two and a half. So
0: that's that's basically you can see, probably. No, Stephen.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Your I've speed proven doesn't that. count, Stephen. Sure it does. I drive. No. I drive seventy-eight miles an hour, and I get there in plenty of time safely.
0: Zach, have I told you the joke that Molly tells about riding with Stephen?
1: Oh, whatever. Is it just screaming? Is the whole
2: joke just No, it's, it's a, a good
0: joke. Life? She says that Stephen drove through a red light, and she said, what are you doing? And Stephen said, my brother drives like this. And then he drove through another red light. And she said, what are you doing? She, he said, my brother drives like this. We get to a green light, and Stephen stops. She says, what are you doing? He says, well, my brother might be coming the other way.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hue- Huey Cox writes in and just says, I started, uh, just started reading Keith Giffen's Justice League from the 80s. Uh, really funny. That would be the uh, Bwahaha era. What other comedic superhero runs are worth checking out? Not necessarily looking for a parody, but an established franchise taken into a more humorous direction. Thank you for your time. Mm.
4: That's
1: a good question because I I was thinking about this and I haven't really, you know, that Justice League run uh, with um, especially the Justice League Europe stuff that followed with uh, Booster Gold and Blue Beetle and uh, Fire and Ice and all that stuff. I don't think there's been anything. I think the only thing that comes close to that is maybe impulse, but it's not laugh out loud. ha blah, 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 blah stuff. No. It is. It is just comedic type storytelling. I can
0: think of a couple. If you look at um, around 2005, there was Cable and Deadpool.
1: Mm-hmm. Deadpool, I guess, yeah. would be that way, too. Yeah.
0: Cap- the Cable mm-hmm. Deadpool series, Cable and Deadpool together, was a weird mix of funny and serious and weird and like over the top. Um, I would say that, really, if you follow Giffen and DeMattis, uh, the guys behind that Justice League run, anywhere they did a Defenders limited series for Marvel around 2000, I have a problem. It, it's really hard for a comedic take to go, and people really hated that Justice League in a lot of ways. I loved
1: it. It's, it's one of my favorites.
0: I did too, but there were they people a, they who were like, a... no, this is terrible, It's awful. They did you? a follow-up
1: to that, which was called what? Still not the Justice League, or what was that uh, series? Uh,
0: there was—I uh, can't believe it's not the Justice League. Yeah, that's League. it. Yeah, that's where they go was to hell, formerly known as the. Yeah, Justice formerly League. known
1: as the Justice League. That's what I'm thinking of. I think that's the one where they go to hell to try to rescue Ice.
0: Right, and it has that heartbreaking scene at the end.
1: Yep, yep, uh, yep, yep. Rodrigo, you have any thoughts?
0: Uh, yeah,
3: I think um, people give a lot of praise to the action run of Hawkeye
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Which I think it's still going or my yeah, it I haven't, is. haven't been I haven't been uh, keeping up with it uh, and that's really funny I would say Frank um, K Vaughn writes some really funny stuff into the stuff that he writes um, and uh, like if you if you've ever read the uh, first volume of
0: runaways that book is actually hilarious. Also super serious.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: It's 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 kind of a study in contrast.
1: Zach, yeah. would you say Chew is a is a funny book?
2: Yeah, I think Chew's pretty funny.
0: It's I not
1: think, superheroes, though.
2: Uh, no, it's not superheroes. I mean, there's superpowers. It's not, uh, it's not a Marvel or DC type of superhero thing. Um, but Chew's really funny. I think it, uh, it's funny throughout. It, I think it gets really, really, kind of dark uh, towards the middle and towards where we're at now with Chew. Uh, it gets pretty dark, but there's always I feel like there's always humor, especially if you reread. There's always uh, humor in the background that uh, Rob Guillory hides in the art back there. I think there's always good stuff in Chew. And that's probably the funniest book I read. Uh, I, I mean, anything else that would be certainly not... Uh, superheroes, I mean, I think Jim Zeb's Skull Kickers is pretty funny, oh, too. Oh, yeah, that
1: is pretty funny, yeah. yeah. Six,
2: sex Criminals is funny if you're
0: Oh, Sex
1: Criminals is Yes, hilarious. if you are a pervert, yes, that is a yeah, yeah, fun, you, funny, funny-ass yeah. book.
0: Yeah, if yeah. you're over 18, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know who sent this in, but speaking of funny books, um, mm-hmm. I just started reading Death of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and encountered four editors, including Editor-in-Chief uh, uh, Axel Alonso. However, on page 7, panel 4, I think I found an error in the usage. Mr. Fantastic tells Logan to hole up somewhere. It shouldn't be holed up somewhere. We find these no. type of errors in all publishers, but if they're going to keep charging $3.99, or in this case four ninety nine, dollars the quality should increase as well. Um, you say no. I actually looked it up, too. Hole is uh, perfectly okay.
0: Yeah. It's archaic, for sure, right. but it's, yes. it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's a legit intransitive verb use. Um, hole up, basically, is, is to hide like you're crawling in a hole. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I would say that we are from the Midwest and in the Midwest, a lot of those um, what I like to refer to as maybe that uh, more rustic manner of speaking, where you hole up in the backyard, you know, it, it, it's kind of a Jed Clampett thing, like calling something fine and dandy. Yeah. But I think it's it's perfectly legit.
1: Oh yeah, the Cambridge uh, Dictionary um, uses "hole up" H O L E as uh, finding a safe place to avoid something. So.
0: Well, la di da with your there dictionary. There you go.
1: But you know, Cambridge Dictionary also says YOLO is a is a word too. So.
0: Yolo-ism. Yolo. Yeah. With, Yo- um, Yolo was that woman who ran in the Olympics, Jorens Liffith Joiner Cursey. Right Yolo. Go. The uh, the thing with English is that
3: um, the meaning of words is drastically changed by whatever preposition you put after it. So um, to hold up something is to like rob it. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm holding up a Seven Eleven.
0: Right. This is a whole to,
3: to hold down something is literally to put your weight on it and keep it from like standing up.
1: Yes. That's a good point. Um good if point. you want to see an interesting use of language, and this is why I found this series so fascinating, I've mentioned it time and time again. Um, you guys really should watch the series Deadwood, because they have a very unique take on language, and in many cases they invented a language for the show. I mean, a lot of people, when uh, the series first came on, looked at it and said, oh, well, that they must have done their research and really found out how people spoke back then. Because it's really weird when you watch that show, because it's it takes some time to get used to the words and the language and the delivery method that they're doing. It almost <laughs> at times feels like you're watching a Shakespearean play be- with the original <laughs> Shakespearean language. Right. Because it's like, now, what are they talking about? Uh, but then you suddenly realize that, oh, I understand the meaning and I understand what's going on. They just made all of these words up. Yes. And it's and, it's very fascinating to, to watch that show.
0: But that, I mean, that is sometimes the most immersive form of pop culture. You know, people who learn to speak Klingon. Or I had a friend in college who was kind of a Shakespearean theater nut. And for a while, she kept challenging me to speak entirely in iambic pentameter. And it was really, really fun. And then she didn't date me and married somebody else. So we never played anymore. But... I'm not better about it, as far as you know.
1: Did I ask this question last week about the uh, Bruce Wayne Proto-Robin? No. Okay. I don't think we did. So Joe, uh, Joe wrote in and said, uh, what do you think the chances of seeing young Bruce Wayne in the Gotham series take on a Proto-Robin role? I wonder if the writers of the show have considered using the pre-crisis story that young Bruce once adopted a Robin-like costume to learn detective work from Harvey Harris. Another Harvey would be confusing, so if they did go this route, another detective from canon might be useful, what do you think in the realm of possibility? Is it too campy for this interpretation of the Batman origin? Um, I don't think it's too campy. Wasn't there another origin that had um, Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne, grabbing like a brown fox, flying fox costume, oh, and yeah. fighting there have been a crime?
0: Couple of them. Yeah, for for a while um, there was, uh, and then Morrison brought this back. There was the story of Batman's costume being inspired by Thomas Wayne's
1: oh, was, Halloween yeah, yeah. costume mm-hmm. for
0: when Bruce was a little boy. I don't think it's too campy. I do think it's a bad idea. I think that uh, Gotham Gotham already, from my perspective, suffers way, way, way too much Batman foreshadowing. And having Batman Mm -hmm. take on a Robin-like role would make me less than happy. But I don't watch the show anymore anyway. So I, I think it's actually... I could go 50 50. I think they might do it because I hear they just hired a scarecrow.
1: Yep, that's right. Uh, and they're, they're
0: going to have baby Black Mask, who's actually just a tiny little baby with a, with a black <laughs> mask on.
1: Well, I, I also heard that they've hired someone to play Victor Zaz.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, baby Zaz? Well.
1: well, a younger <laughs> Zaz. <so. laughs>
0: a 12 year old. Uh, I think what. And tattoos and scars?
1: Yes. I think what would be interesting, though, from that perspective is, and I, I'm behind about two or three weeks. On Gotham, so I haven't really not super up to date, but it seems like we're almost to the point in the series where Bruce Wayne takes the oath by candlelight. Um, isn't it candlelight, or is it by lantern? I forget. What I it think was. it's
0: by lantern. In, in yeah, somewhere in the cave under Wayne yeah. Manor.
1: I think we're almost getting to that part where he pledges with with.
0: Uh, um, in blackest in Blackest Night yeah with
1: Alfred's support but I think what would be interesting is if they wanted to try to expand Gotham and they have to be careful because they don't want to step on what Constantine is doing over at NBC but it would be interesting to see a a, a Zatara come in to train him it'd be interesting to see you know some of these other people who have trained Bruce Wayne to become the you know super crime fighter that he is uh, in this series here and there
3: that's that's the issue with with Gotham is that it's jim gordon show right um, so how much batman training you do it really really has the um, has the risk of getting really far away from the premise which is a cop show about gotham city
0: right yes with if with 50 or 60 teenagers who are going to grow up to be you know costume I psychopaths. they gotta
1: come from somewhere right
0: well do they all have to come <laughs> from the same high school yes Yes. You know, like, there's only uh, one in
1: high school in Gotham City you
0: always, always
3: hear about you know like uh, Thoreau and like all of these writers like hanging out together <laughs> like they all knew each other yes. Maybe did you just compare Batman they... to Thoreau not, not well, his was... writing like literally I I'm more, I guess I'm more comparing uh, Kane to Thoreau that would be oh. different but what I'm saying is yeah yeah what I'm saying is all of those guys actually hung out together like they all yeah. lived in you know New York, and they all were like, oh, "Yeah, well, I, nah, I don't know, I don't remember." Actually, that's where they lived. It uh, you was know, something like that, though. Something, yeah, yeah. It's like they all hung out together, and they all used to make fun of each other's writing. It's like maybe it's the same way with uh, costume psychopaths.
1: They all hang out <laughs> in detention <laughs> detention hall. Yep.
0: Yeah, they they make costumes together. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, they share each other. It was actually one Saturday where the Penguin and the Joker and the Riddler and Poison Ivy. All had a transformative experience because of Principal Dick Vernon making them stay after, and that's right. And only we understand that you think that we're
3: only the Joker owns a sewing machine, so they all have to share it. Uh,
1: exactly. Did you, did any of you happen to see um, Ben McKenzie who plays uh, Jim Gordon on the uh, Gotham series? Did you guys happen to see uh, how he dressed this year for uh, for Halloween?
0: No, yeah. what did he do?
1: He uh, uh, he aged he himself. Mean? He aged himself and turned into the old Jim Gordon. So he had gray hair, glasses, mustache, trench coat, (laughs) everything that you would, everything you would expect to see from uh, from what we know as Jim Gordon. I just sent you guys a link. I like that. that, It it was uh, it was good. You know, for some reason he just seems so familiar to me from a bunch of other series. But then when I look (laughs) at his at his IMDb, I'm just like, wait a minute, I don't recognize you from that series or from that series or anything like that. Um. What was, uh, he was in The Advocate, he was in Minute Work, he was in Southland, which I guess most people would know him from that, but I've never really seen that show.
2: Mm, never he seen did it. play
1: Batman as, in uh, Batman Year One, which I thought was really good. Um, mm. And he was in The O.C., which is another show that I've never watched.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's where I know him from.
1: Yeah. I can see that, I guess. Have you guys, so let's run down the shows and see who's still watching what. Okay. Um, <laughs> who's still watching Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
0: That'd be me. No. Also no.
1: Uh Flash.
0: I have them all cued. Have not watched them yet.
2: I have not watched it at all.
3: I have not watched them and I'm not planning
1: to. Okay. I'm still watching Flash. I haven't started watching Agents of Shield. Green Arrow?
3: No. No. Also no. Uh
1: Constantine.
3: Hell yes. No. Uh also yes.
1: And I, and I watched it, yes. Um, did you guys like this last episode when they introduced Zed?
0: Yes. I, I, don't, don't spoil it. I really like the tone. I really like the attitude. And I like the fact that, yes, they are making changes. Yeah. But they're making changes in a way that feels smart in adapting it from comic to ongoing television series. So, yeah, I liked
1: it. I, what I think is funny, so I don't think this is spoiling anything for you, Rodrigo, on this uh, second episode that was out last Friday. That's worth checking uh, out. Is I thought that it was. The one in the mine? Yes.
3: Okay, so I have seen that okay.
1: one. Okay. Um, so, what's interesting about that location is if you know that this show is being shot in and around Atlanta, I'm almost positive, and I need to follow up because I know somebody who's working on the crew. I'm almost positive that that quarry that they shot the mine stuff in. Is the same mm. quarry from the first season of The Walking Dead, when they Not spent right. that time around that, uh, oh. that quarry area? Area.
3: Oh well, that's why. That's why they were having so many problems. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> all the
1: dead were rising.
3: All the damn
1: zombies. Yeah. So I, I almost positive that that's it, and I, and I think I've noticed some other locations like Perimeter Mall and some of those other ones pop up in there. So it's, it's kind of fascinating if you're from Atlanta to kind of say, oh yeah, I know where that's at. So. Uh, what the- I,
3: yeah, I've been. I was positively surprised by Constantine. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Um, it feels like at any point the story is act is gonna start getting away from them. Yeah, like, it feels like it's moving faster than the story wants it to move. So I'd like, I like, and I, I know that's like a very like weird ethereal thing to say, but that's kind of the feeling that I get from it. And I like, I really like to see them like settle into a pace that works for the show. Mm-hmm. But, but I've been, I've been positively,
0: uh, I, I like the show so far. Yeah. Visually, but, visually, it's entertaining. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So is anybody still watching Gotham? No. I said I'm like three episodes behind, two or three episodes behind. Zach?
2: I, I mean, out of everything that's airing right now, superhero-wise, I'd probably be most likely to jump into that. I just I haven't made the time for it, and I guess I haven't really felt the need to. But, I mean, I did like the first episode.
1: Rodrigo.
3: I've actually, I've actually been watching Gotham and I've missed, like, I want to say the last two episodes. And, um, so, uh, when we first talked about the show, I was like, okay guys, here's what I want to see. I want to see crazier, like crazy murderers. I want to see venom on the streets and like spoiler alert. That's what the series has become. Literally. Mm-hmm. They, they have a show where like I, I, what I said, exactly the things I said, they just put them on the show. And I was like, damn it now i have to watch it (laughs) so i've been watching it and uh you know like three or four episodes in, i'm like well they've done everything i wanted but i still kind of don't like the show yeah because i'm not (laughs) that interested in in like pre-batman gotham i was like thank you gotham for giving me everything i asked for but we're still not right for each
1: other well and again um were you here rodrigo when we did our gotham central trade
3: uh, no, I wasn't.
1: No. Man, you know, just reading that again, I think that kind of took the wind out of the sails of me watching Gotham because I read that that volume again and then I went back and read volume one again and I was like, damn, this was such a great, I mean, here's your script. I mean, just take that and turn it into your storyboards and go. But, and but it's that's, not that.
3: That's the thing is that it, it all kind of comes together because you do have the Batman yeah. running around doing things. Um, So when you take that piece out of the equation, you really can't write Gotham Central the same way.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to make big changes.
1: So, um, I don't know. I think it was maybe on Comic Dorks, another podcast um, that I'm on. I was mentioning, I've mentioned on this show how I've really kind of taken to liking the Harry Dresden comic book that uh, Dynamite Entertainment puts out. And that I'm going through the uh, audio book version of uh, the first book. Uh, I think that one's read by James Marsden. And I started questioning, should I watch the TV series? And a lot of people responded, um, including Wade, who says, you've probably already heard from a number of people on this subject. But here are my two cents. I actually watched the television series first and didn't read the novels until later. Um, there are definite differences in the two versions, and I feel the novels are a better way to go if you could have only one. That being said, I quite enjoyed the TV series, ended up buying it on DVD, and still hold it as an example of a show that was canceled before its time. Um, Paul Blackthorne, uh, who what plays Harry Dresden day. in the show, yeah, um, he is the father of Black Canary. He's the uh, police detective on the TV series Arrow makes a terrific if def- uh, different version of Harry, um, Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden. Unfortunately, Netflix does not have it available for streaming, but Amazon has it for twelve twenty two for all the 12 episodes on DVD. Not a bad deal. And, Zach, I think mm-hmm. that there's an even better deal if people want to get that on DVD.
2: Oh, how, how, how would they get that?
1: Well, that was supposed to be your cue to say Amazon. Amazon oh, is a link at Majorspoilers.com.
2: I thought I'm you were wanting to do it.
1: No. I, my voice no. is starting to fail, so I was trying to pitch it to you.
2: Oh. Well, you know, uh, the, I mean, if you want to play 1222, that'd be great. But you know what? You can make your dollar go farther. If you would click on that Amazon.com link on the front of the major spoilers page, uh, you're still going to pay 1222 for all those great 12 episodes on DVD. Uh, but a little bit of that will not just go to Amazon and feed the corporation monster a little bit we'll come back to major spoilers to help this little this little tiny internet monster grow into a giant big one that's nice and cuddly.
1: A giant cuddly internet monster. That is major spoilers. Yeah,
0: it is for cookie. That's
1: now I know next time people next time people ask me, so what is major spoilers all about? I'm just going to say, oh, you know, we're a growing internet monster that's warm and cuddly."
0: Yeah. Um, absolutely. And then when we go to we go to things, I'll put on the major spoilers cuddly monster outfit.
1: There you go. Um Perfect. I uh, so Thank you for everyone who's using the Amazon link. And I hope that everyone uses it for all their holiday shopping. Uh, we're going to be pushing that a lot more because that really is a good way to help us out. But the Dresden Files are currently on Hulu. And I did watch the first episode of that today.
4: Have you guys watched yeah. that Dresden Files TV how show? How was it? How?
2: How was I, it? No, I've never seen it.
3: It I used, to, an be, it used to be on Amazon. Not on Amazon. It used to be on Netflix. So I actually watched it during the brief period that it was on Netflix. And It was enjoyable. Um, it really, I think it kind of suffered from adaptation issues in that it's clear that the book kind of wants to like takes things in a particular direction. And then when you translate that to an episodic show where you kind of have to like restore the status quo with a fair amount of frequency, like there were things like, it's like, Oh, well sure. looks like nobody was charged for that murder kind of things, you know? Um, Yeah. But it was, it was entertaining. And both the guy who plays Dresden and the lady who plays her is a uh, liaison with the police um, are both very entertaining to watch, both in their like, little will they, won't they? Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and also, they're both good actors.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I, I went into it not expecting anything, and I was really surprised. I think the biggest thing that I was disappointed in was the character Bob, who's the demon that usually resides in a skull. Um. But throughout the whole TV series, he's just wandering around Dresden's uh, office space and living space, and I was like, "Well, that's not quite how he's being described in the first book," and so I was a little <laughs> let down by that.
0: I wonder if they couldn't get away with the skull.
1: It was no, a they sci-fi have the skull there, series, and they show him going it? in. Yeah, yeah, they show him going into the skull, but most of the time, and probably it's you know, it's an actor thing, and it's a uh, you know, got to show my face kind of thing.
0: Could um, be. I mean. But, you know, he's walking around Spider-Man mask more in three movies. Well, and
1: that's the same reason why when you're watching Iron Man, why you're always inside the suit looking at at Tony Stark's face.
0: Because we paid fifty three million dollars for Robert Jr.
1: So I have a question, though, about after I finish watching the first episode, I'll probably go back and try to watch the second one. I do want to get caught up on Gotham and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all of that. I started thinking, you know, we had a, a show like The Wire that went on for a long time. And everything was building. Every episode wasn't self-contained. It definitely tied into the next episode. Could you do that with, with a show like The Dresden Files, something that's on a traditional cable network television show, where you have four episodes that make up like a book, and the book is divided into four chunks, and it's spread out over four episodes? Or would that be too difficult for audiences to follow and comprehend? Because if you come in on episode three... You're going to be completely lost to what's going on because it's not a done-in-one kind of thing. Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're doing it right now. Um, first off, there's Game of Thrones, which doesn't even do you the service of breaking things up into chunks. Like, one season is 12 episodes, and it's just, like, 300 characters taking sword swipes at each other, and you're supposed yeah. to keep track of that stuff. Right. Um and then on the other side, you have something like what uh, the BBC does with Sherlock and with Downton Abbey, where, you know, you have one quote unquote episode, but it's a three hour episode broken up into chunks of like four. Um, if you're watching it piece by piece on PBS um, or if you're watching it online, just get the full episode. So, yeah, no, I, you can absolutely do that.
1: Why don't they? I mean, why don't we see more of that then?
0: Well, it's not, I think, a question of selling the audience, because I think the audience has a lot more savvy than we expect. I think it's a question of selling the money people on whether the audience has the savvy to do it. I mean, for years, that was the format of Doctor Who. Yes. It was, you know, four episode serial arcs. But I think it's also something that, you know, first of all, I I don't see a lot of in American television, and it kind of is archaic, even in, you know, European and and English television, for what I understand, is those arcs sometimes make it difficult, you know. We talk about, in comics, writing for the trade, it's a lot harder to do that in four-issue arcs, because, you know, we get into that point where I say repeatedly, I hate the third issue. I hate the third issue. We get to this point in the story and the third issue is always unsatisfying. Right. Now imagine that as an hour long episode where you have to satisfy your sponsors. You have to convince everybody to come back next week and see, you know, what's going to mm-hmm. happen with Harry and his, his blue beetle and his funny hat and his pants. I don't I don't know. any
1: really. Did you ever thing. watch this Dresden Files TV show?
0: Uh, Sarah watched it when it was on. And I'm sure I've seen an episode or two. She said it was kind of
3: mm-hmm. manhandling.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll try watching another episode and see how it goes.
0: Um, she's, a, she's a Harry fan, though. So, I mean, if she says Menehemena, that,
1: I don't know. It's, it's better than, than pass.
0: <laughs>
1: Mike wrote in with an interesting observation. <laughs> my kids are stu- still too young, two and three, but my cousin showed Star Wars to his daughter for the first time. He did it in the order of one, two, three, four, five, and 6, not in the order that they were made. He told me this made for something interesting. His daughter was crushed, and was a surprise when Anakin went to the dark side. Also, an empire when Darth Vader reveals that he's Luke's father. Spoiler: She didn't even flinch. He asked her why, and she replied, "Well, I knew the whole time. I found this interesting and thought I would share." That's from Mike. I talked about
3: this. We talked about this. Yeah, we have. As as
1: new generations
3: are introduced to Star Wars, they are going. They are mostly going to be introduced in uh, in universe chronological order. So yeah, as, right. So. It's one,
2: then two, then three, then A New Hope, and then so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get real hard to sh- start showing people Star Wars in order they were made when seven comes out because you'll end up watching four, five, six, one, two, three, seven. So, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to start watching them uh, <laughs> either, either in some wacky order of I don't believe in the first three movies, and we're just going to watch four, five, six, seven, which might work. Or you're just going to have to watch all of them like a Harry Potter marathon and uh, see what happens gotcha. after that. And it'll be really weird when the, when the quality drops four, five, six, and you come back super, uh, super res in seven. <laughs> this does bring up an interesting point, though.
0: I mean, if you look at the arc of a standard story, a standard character arc in a modern storytelling, Anakin. For all of our expectations should at the end of episode three have resisted. He should have been because he was our central protagonist guy. He was our our little Mm -hmm. young, you know, brash hero kid. He's supposed to Tom Cruise it up and get to the end and go, no, I will not turn to the dark side. You are dumb. But not only does that not happen, he murders a bunch of kids. He goes. Way way over to the dark side, kills Samuel L. Jackson, kills off End Sync. I mean, it is a shocking ending if you watch those in order without right. pre knowledge of the the original second trilogy. So,
1: well, I'm but then yes, they- with with the four, five, and six then added on, you get to see his eventual redemption.
0: Is eventual redemption, yeah, but you right. get to the end of that first, you know, trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's pretty you're, depressing. You're
0: expecting, you're expecting a big, you know, Bilbo saves the day
1: moment. Right. And
0: what mm-hmm. you get is murderous teenager goes, you know, way off the reservation, kills everybody. Yeah. So I like that, actually. That's probably the only positive response I've had to that trilogy is, hey, totally subverted the expectations yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: there. Now, Made um, a little girl cry. I huh? heard that they just wrapped up shooting of Star Wars Episode Seven, Zack.
2: Yeah, they just wrapped up uh it yesterday. Uh
1: did you see did you see the quote? I forget who made the quote, but someone said this is better than Empire Strikes Back.
2: That is <laughs> It was Anthony Daniels who plays C-3PO said
0: that.
1: Okay.
2: Really? Wow. Yeah. Um you mean I think we all hope for that, right? Don't we all hope that this is like the best Star Wars ever? Wouldn't that be like the savior of uh, people's feelings for continuing the Star Wars movies. I hope for either best ever or such a huge, massive train wreck that it's entertaining to watch everyone just melt down (laughs) over it. Or, I mean, just like a solid continuation. I mean, I don't even think it has to be the best ever, but something that we are all okay with, not uh, such a, like a divisive, uh, hate-filled rant that the Phantom Menace uh, surely inspired in people much older than me when that came out. And... It doesn't your have to be
1: much there. older, Zach. Come on now. Well, no. I,
2: mean, I, I mean, I was only eight when that
1: movie came out. <laughs> you were the target audience.
2: <laughs> I know what I'm saying. I you like really it. liked Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah. Uh, so... It is
3: It is funny that Zach hasn't seen the Dark Crystal, because when he talks about that, I just picture Matthew and Steven watching the Phantom Menace going, oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're definitely gonna have, sit Zach down to do Dark Crystal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> can you hear my finger through the the Skype?
1: <laughs> uh, let's see, Rodrigo, you want to weigh in on this? Is going to be better than uh, Empire?
3: I mean, I'm I'm with Zach. You hope that's going to be the case, or uh, at least something that's going to. Where you're going to watch it, and you're going to be like, "Yep, that's her with Star Wars." Cool. Um, there are a lot of feelings involved. Like I actually, probably on a weekly basis, um, when I when I talk to my friends, it comes up. And um, if if we are all together, or somehow we're all happen to be in the same room, there is a fight that I have to break up <laughs> about, this, about this upcoming Star Wars movie. Really? You know, yeah, people. Well. Basically, it comes down to, and and this has all been settled, obviously, they've already shot it. But, you know, it's like, uh, at first it was the idea of, should this be a brand new thing with brand new characters with only ties to the old thing? Or no, this absolutely has to be, it has to have Han, it has to have Luke, it has to have Leia. And um, on the other side of that is also like, well, let's have Han, Luke, and Leia. Let's just, you know, be like, this picks up. Five seconds after the uh after empire strikes back let's just have him be played by different characters and just like the gasps and like throwing things being thrown across the room and stuff it's like there's a lot of feelings involved in star wars and star wars mm-hmm. is important for people for different reasons so a movie that unites the fan base is seems impossible and if this movie somehow manages to do it um, I will probably, for the first time, accept that Jedi is a bio- is a viable religion because <laughs> because it would be divine. It would be like transcendent for a movie to unite such what has really become a very fragmented fan base.
1: Now, do you get do you get involved in this argument, or are you there as the uh, moderator?
3: Oh, I'm usually there as the as a mediator because, okay. um. Because I, A, see both sides of it, and B, don't care enough to actually argue about it. I mean, I like Star Wars a lot, um, but I'm the sort of person who can sit through um, the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and stuff and say, I like this and this and this, I hate this and this and this, which I can also do uh, with the original trilogy. I just like... There's lots of things that I like about Star Wars, and there's lots of things that I hate about Star Wars, even in the original ones. And that means that I'm kind of, in a way, in a separate type of fringe of Star Wars in that I'm a big fan of it, but also a highly critical fan of it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a little bit different, and that's why I asked the question, because I'm, I'm curious, for all of you, is there something in pop culture that you are so passionate about? that you've become completely polarized. And I think people would say, oh, well, Stephen, for you, it's Batman. It's got to be Batman. But I don't think that that's the case because... um, You love all the Batman. I love all the Batman. All the Batman all the time. More Batman, please. No. Um, But you see me say, and I will be critical of Batman and and things that are going on in Batman. So I'm, I'm trying to think if there's something that I am so dead set on that if someone said anything negative about that I would resort to throwing things or... You know, calling people people names,
3: and, and probably not just because of who you are. I mean, every everyone in this virtual room right now is a critic, I mean, right? So we have put that part of ourselves aside to a large degree. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to function. And uh-huh. you know, by sitting down with each other and constantly disagreeing with each other about media, yeah, you know, it's like we just couldn't do it.
1: Zach, do you have anything that you're super passionate about?
2: Um, I mean, I besides, have things I'm passionate about. Besides your about. salsa? <laughs> yeah, don't come... I mean, even we could we could even disagree on salsas, and I still wouldn't even throw it into your eyeballs or anything of that <laughs> nature. I mean, I just don't think... I can't think of anything that I love so much that I wouldn't listen to someone's criticisms of it without i mean or, or if they start criticizing at me just go off the wall bonkers and start throwing things and just go ape on them uh i i mean i think everybody goes right i don't think really any of us really like that
3: i mean i i i really i really love legend of Korra. i think it's been a great show from beginning to end but i'm very critical of the second season and um uh somebody wrote uh something on major spoilers um about the women in Legend of Korra and I read through it and I was like and, and it was very critical of it and it was very critical of a season that I think is one of the better ones and I was like well, you know what that's fair it's I don't agree with everything that was said there um, but I think that these are all valid points that you know deserve to be discussed
1: okay well there you go Matthew anything from you
4: Not
0: really. I find that when it comes to things that I love, I'm usually able to admit their weaknesses.
1: And while even power, even Power Rangers, yeah, even Power Rangers. I mean,
0: I will argue the merits, but I can I cannot argue with you the fact that Power Rangers is often really, really dumbed down, even for the you know the people that they're aiming for. Even you know, Legion of Superheroes. If you say to me, "Is Legion of Superheroes generally good?" Yeah, depending on who the writer is, I mean, the last run was terrible, and the run before that was terrible. But in between, there was a, a glimmer of hope. And yeah. the first half of Volume Four was good. You know, like the JLA, the the Wah-ha-ha Justice League from '87. Mm-hmm. First twenty issues of that, really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a downhill slide to fifty, and from fifty to about '87, it's Nowheresville, man. Don't. Don't don't waste your time. You won't have as much fun as far as I'm concerned. But again, that like Rodrigo said, that's something where I have actually tried to cultivate a non subjective take on things. Now, if you were to come at me and argue, you know, against Ashley Williams, I'll kill you in your sleep. But that's not necessarily so much of a of a thing as it is more of an obsession and, you know, I'm fine. Now that there's a restraining order, but there really isn't a restraining order. That's just yeah. a terrible, terrible joke.
3: I think. I think the important thing is that um, for for listeners to understand is that we are critics, and we've gravitated to being on podcasts about pop culture and writing for a site about pop culture because it's to a certain degree comfortable for us to be like, well, let's guys, let's think about this episode of Doctor. Right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how we that's how we are, and that's how we've kind of grown into our, our, our own... Uh, Murdery. Yeah. Um, it's okay if you're a rabid fan, I think as long as you're polite.
1: That's um, probably the most important thing. Yeah.
3: That is the most... I think that is the important thing, is that if somebody criticizes Star Wars, and you just love everything about Star Wars, even the stuff that contradicts the other stuff, um, then... You, you have to kind of learn to deal with that um, and you have to be polite about your responses and, and that's it You because know, if you're rude then it sucks but it's, it's okay for you to like everything about something I have a friend who is a cool guy he's super nice he's a great guy he loves everything like not even everything about something like not even every Marvel movie he loves everything think of the worst superhero movie you've ever seen if he's seen Mm -hmm. it he loves it the specials yeah he thinks it's great it's like um i think a big one for a lot of people is like spider-man three like we all went to see spider-man three together and on the way back we were just making fun of it relentlessly and he was like now guys like i see what you're saying but and like (laughs) <laughs> You're like no man that, that was crazy he was dancing it made no sense
1: cool uh Zach, just a quick thing for your uh, future um want list audio edition podcast that people can find on majorspoilers.com yeah um the new i finally saw the new lego series 12 figures uh-huh. uh, at the store today i was able to only grab one because it was the last one left <gasps> and uh for those of you that don't know these uh these are packed miniatures that yeah. are blind. They're blind uh, picks. So you don't know what you're going to get. And the one that I got was the one I wanted. Little nice. goth, little goth uh, girl with a goth teddy bear. Oh, that's awesome. It is a very cool figure. So uh, if you guys can find those, they're going fast. Uh, I definitely recommend them. Uh, go check them out. Nice. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this installment of the Major Spoilers podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Most importantly, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, Without your support, without those of you heading over to the uh, members site, members.majorspoilers.com, we wouldn't be able to bring you shows like this week after week after week. And uh, look, we're dedicated even when we're uh, on death's door. uh, We're (laughs) we're recording podcasts for you Um, next week. I'm trying to set up an interview. We'll see what happens next week. Um, But uh, until then, keep reading comics because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon.
4: Major spoiler What a major spuller. If I'm a star-raving rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a king's throwing soldier What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. Major
2: Spoilers is copyright 2014.